0: Life now let's go How are you. How's your week
1: going? Hello. How are you? Good. How's your week going? Did you guys sell the house?
2: Um, we didn't sign the contract yet. We're Ah. waiting.
0: Please go. Praise it. We're praying for you guys. It should all go smooth.
2: Yes, but we did almost, almost. We signed the lease for a house. So that's good. We're going to live only, um, Less than two miles from my sister. Which will be great. Amazing. Um, The landlord is having a little trouble with checks to say, so he already said said one set of checks and it was no good, so we
0: have to do that again. Great, so we're going to be starting in a moment. I'm just very excited to be here. Thank you. Please join us and Sharon. Thank you. Let me just get this familiar. I think so too. <laughs> okay. I amazing. I just to my
2: glasses because I can't. Amazing.
0: So we're all here. Should be a wonderful class yes, for everybody. Mr.
2: Goldsmith, we see. We see your belly. We don't really see your face.
0: Okay. Good. Thanks for letting me know. Just getting a better.
2: You're welcome. Oh, there you are.
0: Okay. We're uh, by I'm the sea. If you great. take a look. I don't know if it's coming up on the I, camera. I can
2: see Man.
0: Yeah. Yes, so we are you we're in a place called Bat Yam. Oh Bat
2: Yam is
0: Yes, yeah, so we're all about uniting souls. So really it's it's we're remaining on the soul level still thanks to our Corona challenge year because we we thank God booked this place, Airbnb, we're here in Bat Yam, everything's amazing. And I go to the airport in Ben Gurion and my parents are excited, they've landed, everything's ready and they come to the border control and they say you're missing a paper go go back and they send them back on a plane within about 20 minutes and they flew them back to London and that was bye bye to my parents they were literally they did you know older people they put a lot of time into filling out all the information and that's why today's United Souls class will be dedicated to them hopefully one day getting here please God soon and we'll be seeing them hopefully either here on London in person but we're also dedicating to the souls. We're we're united souls. It shouldn't be a an experience that only can happen in person. And we're able to connect beyond the physical experience. So we're having an amazing time here with our family. But we're missing the key element, my parents. So. Yeah. Oh man.
1: Recording in progress. Sorry,
2: I had to just hit the record. Um, I'm gonna run and get my glasses. You guys start. I'll be right there.
0: Thank you so much. Okay, so thank you again for joining, Jonathan, and please God, this is something that's going to grow, but having you here is such a merit. We're going to be going over a little bit, again, just what we learned last time. It's really important, it's been, you know, two weeks already. This is a bi-monthly course, so it needs revision. That's also one of the things we're going to discuss about how to go over material, how to accomplish um, when we're learning stuff, how to internalize it, that it shouldn't just become. Theoretical or a nice idea that maybe you remember, maybe you don't. It's very much about impacting our daily life. That is one of our goals in this course, and the focus is on unity, on united souls, on the ability to connect to the soul level and to impact your daily life. It shouldn't just be theoretical, and it shouldn't just be something that people um, goes in one ear, comes out the other or the other way. You give it over a little bit, or you remember a little bit. But it should actually affect today and tomorrow and the next day, going on the rest of our life, and for myself included, it should impact us to be more unified. So that's a little bit of a high goal, but I think it's worth it because uh, you know, PULVER EDU is about experiencing things in real real time, and right now we're in a time which is requiring us to be much more aware, self-aware, much more in touch of ourselves. And in order to get rid of the divisive nature of our time, of our generation, which we're experiencing currently more and more—it's not getting less; it's actually increasing every day—we uh, have to uh, push the acceleration down, get the energy going, get the mind moving. Whatever works for you: your heart level, your mind level, your soul level, your energy. Get—that's why I'm a little bit more. You can see my body today. I want you better be able to see not just my head. With the whole being the whole person with the sea and everything behind us to get that energy going that you should feel that today you're going to walk out this class that's going to impact your day right now and it's going to impact the people in your sphere of influence and hopefully their sphere of influence and we'll make some ripples of unity in the world that will actually make real change and not just uh, theoretical so that's that's a big goal and i think it's worth aiming for it on every course that we do and every session and it brings us to the beginning of the course. Just to go over, like we said at the beginning, we have to go over being proactive. What does it mean to be proactive? So, Jonathan, if you remember, it means to be taking ownership of yourself, not getting into the victimhood, blaming yourself, person mindset. It's a very common thing, and that's that's being reactive. Rather, be proactive. Use uh, each opportunity in our life to grow not to God forbid blame people but to grow and this is something which all of us I know myself has to constantly work on I I can get angry at the bureaucrats that didn't let my parents into the country just now I can be angry at the system here or even the world system that they haven't you know clarified and been consistent with all their different policies and it's created so many difficult situations for people that maybe are completely unnecessary I could be angry about that, or I could be proactive. And I, right now, I, as I gave a class yesterday, my my general concepts. It was a very short one because I I wanted to actually apply it. But the idea of being there for the family, making the family first, and we're going to discuss that as well as one of our previous points, the prioritizing what's important. And that was my goal. Once I had the situation, I can't. You know, I have to first process the emotions. I have to feel and, and be real that it 's almost like a feeling of mourning that i wasn 't able again to see my parents it 's been a year and a half, and that 's continuing and, and the effect it had emotionally on my mother, and my father was very profound because they also like they 've been stuck in London and this is their first trip, and they 're finally going to see their grandchildren their married granddaughter etc etc and they 're very emotional and it 's very painful the way they were pushed back onto the plane without any time. I was speaking to embassies that couldn't do anything. So I was being proactive at that moment to try to solve it. I wasn't successful. And even though I had done previous efforts sending my father the links and all the different things, and it was now not about blaming. It wasn't about blaming my father. It wasn't when my brother phoned me. He was a little bit upset that the situation had happened because, you know, he's concerned for my mother's well-being and, and our family well-being. And it could have become a blame game. But instead, it's like about how can we now... Uh, do what can we do now to make it the transition that they're not here easier so we had a video call that's that's being proactive that we could once again join each other online we had an opportunity to connect on the soul level because I asked all my kids to really pray for them and feel for them and appreciate them and when they speak to them to show that appreciation so there's a soul level involved it's not just some um, you know, all right, see you later. We'll just have fun. No, like to really appreciate that they, there's gratitude for all they do for us, and it's something that we really hope for again as a, a future opportunity, and to connect in with them a few times on the phone, and to keep constantly being proactive. You get the idea that instead of wasting my energy and, and emotions in negativity, we're switching it all to positivity, and that as a daily lesson can be what we do with our life by being proactive. It's not something which once in a while, it has to impact our choice of how to experience life, that we, we bring the, the idea of soul and unity into that moment, that my parents are one with me. I'm never disconnected from them. Even when they pass from this world after 120, please God, that's like a Jewish thing we say, after 120, but the idea is after they've lived a full life, that's what it really means, When they've lived that full life, that we're still connected with them. There's never a disconnect to our parents. It's obvious. Even the most like uneducated person has an awareness that there's a an intrinsic connection with like you can see the most far-off person in terms of intellect or or inner development, but they'll say, I love my mother. They'll love I love my father. There's something deep there. And therefore these are the kind of once again, as we spoke about last time, these are the long-term ways of living. These are the long term emotions. These are understanding values that can impact the now in a in a healthy good way. Not in a God forbid in some sort of codependent, like weird way, but like a, a really healthy way because they're eternal truths. That's we have parents, we have hopefully if we're meritorious, we have children, yeah, we have an opportunity to be part of the legacy. These are very profound things and this is something which bridges the scenarios of life because we're always connected into that. It's, it's like a three, as it says, it says in a beautiful, uh, say in, in, in a book in, the, in our holy scriptures, about a three-ply string, like a string that you put, three threads, is much stronger than two or one. And when they're bound up and twisted together, it's almost, not impossible, but it's very impossible, hard to break. So when those three st- threads, three generations are connected, if you're meritorious, and, or even if you're not having children, you still have your father and their father or their, your mother and their mother these are like realities of life that the world is trying to like confuse us about but there's no confusion on the soul level this is truth and truth that that's forever and that gives us a, a grounding that I'm connected to my parents no matter where they are I'm connected to my family no matter where they are and that is a very comforting thought, thought when you're going through a challenging moment where you feel like you're being uh, God forbid, attacked, like, you know, say as a nation, we're being attacked, like physically, we're being, you can feel very concerned and you should, but you also have a comforting thought that you know that we're a family, that we're together, and we're going to get through this. And that's a much more profound way of dealing with things rather than it just being some, um, you know, isolated experience, which is what happened to a lot of people right now with the Corona story. A lot of people felt isolated, and that's why I feel this. The, the Zula from Pulver EDU and Jeff and Lauren and everyone here has created a, a, thank God, a new reality. Thanks to all the technology and Zoom and everything and the will to do this, has created a reality where we, we get rid of that illusion of isolation and we actually manifest connection, we manifest souls, and being, we're being proactive in the situation. And that's why this first point, we're going a bit on on it, but it's very important. Because it gives us a, re- a whole reality check of how to apply our, our values into our life, and that's why the second point brings us to understand our values, goals, and dreams. We have to make sure that we're clear about what those are. And once again, I gave you an example of mine: the idea of family and having generations of legacy, and that is a value in itself. Because there's there's a, already by tuning into your to your ancestry, you're already. Meritorious to get a treasure trove of insight to who you are and to what your mission is, even now, even in 2021. You say, like, what have I got to do? My grandfather—he was in another world. There was no technology like this. He was a my personal grandfather was a seamstress, and you know, a sorry, a, 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 in English you call it a Schneider, but I think it—I don't know—someone who, who fitted suits. A yeah, a tailor. That's it, a tailor, and he was at the highest level. He worked for a very, you know, good brand in in England, John Lewis, and he was very like a good tailor, and that's something which has a values to be able to do such a craft, and he gave over certain values of work, of hard working lifestyle, of certain self respect, and there were certain things that he gave over that I'll never forget, and that impacts now even, that impacts my father, impacts myself, and please God, it impacts the next generation. There's this tradition it continues on whatever way you've tuned in it's very important like after 120 after we leave this world they everyone who's had a life a near-death experience and, and remember we're working on the premises so that we have souls there's no doubt Like there are some people nowadays who are cynical enough to say there's no souls and they themselves call themselves cynical that's what they told me when i asked them why don't you believe in souls they said bottom line i'm just cynical they didn't say because of some good reason it was just cynic- being cynical so there's no reason not to believe in souls, so after we leave this world, we encounter souls. That's one of the first things people say, the near-death experience, that they see the, their relatives come to them. And I remember my grandparents, who were not religious in any way, or very traditional but not religious at all, that when they, their, their spouse left the world, they often had visions, many many visions before they left the world, of their spouse still in the room with them, still, still with them in special moments. And these were not religious people, these they weren't on any drugs or anything. This is something they it was just part of their system. The the soul connection was so profound that they it impacted their life. So why one of the reasons why I'm making a point of this right now in this week's class is I just feel that we need to just tune into the soul level a bit more, understand the profundity and how it has manifest in the people around us. Um their sort of guiding post towards who we are as souls, and not to disconnect from that that treasure trove. There's so much, um, like in our ancestry, there's so much wisdom and values and importance for us even now. And the world's trying to say, like, no, we're a new reality. Forget what was. History's not important. Let's rewrite history. This is just leading to division because it's taking away the truth of the soul that we have an ancestry and that it is important. And there's so much good there. To discount all that good is a big mistake to to rewrite history. is a is a almost it's not even a big mistake. It's actually life or death mistake. That's how serious this this point is, because it allows people to to get rid of truth and values and morality, and then they can just do whatever they want, and that's that's going to remove the the beautiful beautiful nature of humanity that we have. Thank God, so much goodness. Why would we want to rewrite the will and God forbid, rewrite it with other realities like that's happened in history. We know. I don't need to go into details. All of you know about it. Um, what's happened historically, where millions and millions of people died because of this kind of mistake. And therefore, this is something fundamental for our own life and right now in our daily life to understand with the bigger picture in mind to have, to make real strategies. How can I take that bigger concept of a soul and a and a legacy? And ancestry, and bring it into my daily life. So you have to once again make clear what are your values, what are your goals, what are your dreams. Bring it into paper, write it down. Jonathan, write it down. What are your goals, your dreams, your values? Make a very clear list. Make a mission statement even better. That would be the best form of even if it's just one words in a list in a tabulator. That's what Stephen Covey says. Or so even better, have an actual mission statement. After you've done that, that clarifies all those goals and dreams and values into one line. Like, I want to bring unity to the world and awaken the soul level. That's my mission statement with this course for sure. So now I have that clear. So whatever it is, Jonathan, in your life, I want to impact. You know, the the police force with new, with a higher va- set of values and. And whatever I want, reform, re- reformation, but it's going to be based. The reformation is not going to be based on some newfound, you know, uh, belief from some quack job. It's going to come from true values that you know have been tried and tested all the generations, and something that's worked, and it's caused a, proge- a progenity to continue, and it's, it's been affected to survive all the, ch- the disasters and tragedies of this world. There's a power there that exists within each of us that can overcome everything and that will give us power but when we go through a difficult moment like i felt the uh, yes uh, two days ago when my parents weren't able to enter the country and i was literally outside the airport i couldn't even get into the airport because they will not let people in unless you're departures so they're still being inconsistent in that way it doesn't make sense but it wasn't about now shouting at people it was about how can I do something so once the first thing was British Embassy is get to the point what you need to do don't waste your energy blaming get to what can you do in this moment now don't take it out on the people around you the negative feelings you're feeling on your brother or, or your, your wife or whoever you're with your children that I'm now still with Comfort them, also, because they've gone through trauma. My mother went through trauma, my wife went through trauma. Now my parents aren't here, my kids don't have grandparents to see. Comfort those people. There's so much more important things than our own ego or our own frustrations or our own agendas or what we hoped financially they would come and they'd pay for things more than I would. For example, now I'm going to have to pay myself. Okay, so then I'll have to pay for myself. That's fine. Yeah, like you shift everything. You see how it makes an effect on how you focus, and then suddenly you go through a difficult moment in a much more proactive, successful way. But it's a lot to do with the values and goals and dreams and what you really care about and your mission statement, what you're about, that will impact that moment, and it will give you the uh, ability to over overdrive or overcome your emotional in, in initial reaction you have initial reactions you're, you're a human being and you're allowed to feel those feelings the difference is what you do with those feelings that's that's an important line you're gonna feel, but now what do you do with those feelings and the key is not to let the emotions control you rather take that energy and now be proactive with it and that is impactful in a daily life that is a and to understand that that comes from a soulful place that is having a high awareness of of a higher purpose, of your mission, of your of your reason for being here, that you allow it to impact your daily life. It shouldn't just be something that's left for a prayer service. It shouldn't be something that's left for meditation. It shouldn't be some spiritual thing you do once a week. This is talking about affecting every moment of your life with with in positive, impactful, proactive approach to how to process challenges, and that's. Just one personal example put in there just to make it a bit more like in reality. So that, that's going to come up for everybody, and these are real things. So that was the first class we did, and I just bought that personal example, current one, just to bring it to life. But then the next point is now, and then we'll have a little break. Was last week's class, or sorry, two weeks ago, we spoke about how being more effective and focused so we don't get distracted, and that's a lot to do with time prioritization. And everyone liked the idea that we, we focused on together, and that was, thanks to you guys, it was inspired to be more uh, emphasized last time about the long-term plan, the long game. That when we have that long plan of what we're trying to do in our life, so then we have a much more ability to maneuver in the day-in-day life. Because then the day-in-day life is not, is not the be-end-and-end-all. So we're able to have bigger priorities. And able to plan our day with that bigger, long-term plan in in involved. So the daily struggles, like you, you know, you have to sell a house, rent a house, whatever it is, rent a car, put the car back. These are daily struggles, but they're not the long term. The long term, you have a much bigger goal in your life than just the house. And what are you going to do with the house? Who are you going to live it with? And what are you going to experience within the house? What are you going to do with the rent car you rented? How are you going to use that car now? Effectively in your day, that even if there's struggles with it, say for example, you rent a car. Another example, I had this a week ago rented a car, you took pictures before and after. Now, you bring it back, and the guy says there's damage you did, but you show them pictures now, exactly, you know, from from a like uh, a divine place comes out that the pictures you took, you missed that one place. Exactly, it wasn't perfect picture. So there's room to disagree, to agree to disagree. So now you say to the people, you say look, it doesn't look on my picture that we did the damage. I don't know, maybe someone did it in the time you went to check on it, for some reason he wasn't there that moment. Maybe it got damaged someone some other place. But rather than us disagree, I'm gonna rent your car again, yeah? I don't wanna get angry, you don't wanna get angry. I'm gonna rent your car again. I don't wanna get in dispute. I'm gonna be a good customer. I'm even gonna advertise your car rental. I'm gonna like, I already did actually. I even put it up on a post and I showed how many people liked it and I see my wife's so happy and all this stuff. And I'm gonna use all these different leverages rather than go into it is broken, it isn't broken. Use all these different leverages to expand the picture. That I'm a good customer. You wanna have a, a new customer that's gonna give you a lot of business. Not only that, I'm also giving you free advertising. You don't have to pay me. I'll do it because I, I appreciate your service. I'm gonna give you good feedback publicly. I know much more people than you do. I've seen your Instagram. You've got like 50 followers. I've got 4,000 followers or whatever it is, yeah? And I, my leverage is massive, you know? So, you know, you want my, my input. You want my, my circle of people to start using you when they come here, etc., etc. So the, suddenly the guy went back to his management and the management said, leave him alone forget it, no damage, don't worry about it. Come, rent the car again, end the discussion. Said, And then he ended off and said, by the way, we never do this for anyone. Yeah. But it was all about positioning yourself in that situation and expanding the situation to a larger picture of who I am, what my mission is. My mission is to stay connected with this person. Every person I disconnect because of a bad business situation is, for me, a loss. I don't need to prove I'm right. I need to prove that we're right. We're a collaborative. And that's the next point we're going to get to, the idea of win-win. In business, I once I've done that inner work, that private work, I've sorted myself out. I know that I'm proactive, I have my goals, I'm effective in time management, I've done all that work, my schedule, everything is focused. Now when I go to these people out there, like the car rental guy, I'm about win-win. Because my larger goal, my larger purpose here, is to win I'm not here to lose and I'm not here to make him lose also he loses I lose because now I don't have a place to go get my car yeah because it turns out my wife's a new driver and to find people that you can rent from a, uh, a car is not so easy yeah for when you're a new driver I don't know if you've had that experience with someone who's a new driver but it's really hard to find a rental company he has that leverage he didn't use it on us but I know in my mind I better keep relationship with this guy but I don't want him to take advantage of me also and that was the balance and we both came out win win and I'm renting his car again we took even better pictures this time so we can even more clear if something happens and I've already this is the next point and this is really important I've already made in my mind a clear decision that I I call it in in Hebrew shalom buy money or uh chesed money meaning I have a set aside amount of money in my life all the time no matter what few thousand whatever and I set that aside if there's gonna be an argument I'm willing every so on when it's you know when there's no room to to resolve it I'm willing to give in and pay what is that what's that leverage what leverage does that give me it gives me amazing leverage my kids break something that's that money my wife knocks the car when she's driving new driver it happens that's that money the guy wants to rip me off I can prove I'm right. Do I want to lose this car rental place as my option? For one time he gave in, this time I'll give in, and I'll pay for whatever damage he's claiming. I'll say to him, I'm being very, you know, I won't be a, a, a walkover, a pushover. You know, there'll be, there'll be that discussion that I'll make it clear. But this, this is really important to have that money or some sort of way of resolving our potential conflicts and arguments in business and I mean the same thing with larger bills, deals, like you have opportunities to make contracts with people. Make sure you put in the contract very clear what the relationship what the what the relationship is and if it doesn't work out what the what the um res- resolutions are. And you get that clear and then it, it just saves so much so much pain and suffering that people, God forbid, can go through when they don't do all this. And you can get wound up, and you can get angry, God forbid, and all this kind of stuff. And it it it, it can waste so much time. It's it's not effective on a time level. It's not effective on a emotional level. There's so many levels we're missing out. Yeah. Please.
2: You froze for the past like
0: three. Oh, sorry, Bella. Can hear me again?
2: No, it's okay, so. We can hear you again, but we
0: missed what you were saying. Oh, so the idea
2: you can do it with larger bills.
0: Yeah, you you think about it in an effective sense. As a business person, your time is you know valuable. So you've just saved so much time because you're no longer in a dispute. You're not wasting your time with dispute. You're not wasting your time with uh, with arguments. You are totally on game and focused into a win-win relationship. And the win-win relationship is coming with that leverage that you've created beforehand. You're already on a long-term game, remember. Your long-term game is not to try beat other people, yeah. You have a better game than that. And we all do. All of us have a better game than than, than the short-term story. All of us have a better game. So it's just about believing in that short-term game and not allowing yourself to to be pulled into a small minded approach to life and that's what I know myself that the more I do that the more successful I'm being in in relationships and business and everything It's it's really impactful um, daily life is and but it comes from a deep source it's not it's not made up it's um it's not something that um that just you know, I just thought of one day. This is a very, once again, if I would tell you where the source is, it's from a a rabbi called the Chofetz Chaim. And he actually, he wrote a uh, beautiful book on, on, it's called Gemachim, Gemachim or Chesed, kindness. And having kindness is really, really important in everything you do, and especially business, especially money matters, Having that set aside that funds, and it's from his idea, setting aside funds to not get into conflict. Think about it with marriage. How many times you could have avoided an argument if you would have had that in your toolkit, and you would have just said, "You know what? Money's not. It's not all about money. Money comes, money goes. I'm the long-term game here." Yeah. Not only that, I'll tell you something more deep. And this is not so much from my course. This is from my my job. I work for a holy person in Jerusalem. is you know, I don't like to bring what my work is into this, but here and there, like I think it's really relevant because this holy rabbi is named Rabbi Shlomo Morish. He wrote best books, amazing books that have sold more than I think any other Jewish book, other than the actual Bible itself. And his books, one of the points he says there is in order to have blessing in your life, to have that abundance we're all seeking, it's often all about not getting into dispute. Dispute, anger, this gets rid of blessing. This gets rid of having, now just think about it practically. I was talking about it practically. If you get angry, then you don't have room in your mind to think clearly. So you can't make good deals. If you use that time to fight with people, you could have been using that time to doing 10 other deals and you just resolve that deal it takes five minutes to resolve instead of five weeks of dispute over a small sum of money you let go of it and then you just did 20 different deals in all that time you could have wasted over something small that's why it's really important to keep every situation focused on what you're trying to get out of this is this really worth it? it's not about being right as the rabbi taught me many times this rabbi taught me that it's not about being right, it's not about criticising the other person. It's about doing right. It's about being a mensch, that would be the best word. Being a person that has values that we've just talked about. Being someone that lives up to those values and brings them into how you do business, how you have relationships, how you build you know, this beautiful pulvert EDU. It's done with a safe safety net of you know, it's a safe space, people feel comfortable, it's not political, like These are really important um, points that can really make a difference. Now, I I wanted to just get to today to a few more points, a new points, but I just want to hear from you guys before I go ahead. If there's anything specific, like if you if you find it hard to focus, you get distracted, or whatever it is, like you find it hard to to let go of money or whatever situation, you can welcome to speak about it. Yeah.
2: You make a lot of sense, but I don't. It, I'm just listening,
0: and it seems all like I can just keep
2: nodding.
0: Okay, but I, and maybe you're a very I special person it. that you're doing it already. But uh, I, I, for me, it was a, I had to learn this. It wasn't something natural. Uh, natural is you, you fight for what's mine. You know, competitive. I'm right. You know, I'm a man. You know, you better listen to me. You know. Or, you know, for a woman, you know, I'm right. You know, what do you know? You know, like I'm much more, you know, involved with the kids than you are. And suddenly, you're telling me your opinion. Or whether, each person, whatever situation you're in, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I've been doing this for years. I'm an educational. So you don't know anything. You know, I'm this person. I'm that person. Whatever you get, ego gets involved. That's the natural, normal way that you know. It's about me being right and getting what I want. But then you have to undo that because that's like a baby that's like a child you have to grow up and realize that the the game is not to grab like a child born in the world a baby's born like that a person leaves the world like that because that's the truth in the end you don't hold on to anything you've got to let go and now you can welcome other people into your circle into your life really and then you can do real business and have real relationships. So for me, it took time to work, learn that.
2: Yeah, it, I agree. It's not. It's not um, second nature. It's something that you do have to work on. And I think that um, having these conversations and listening to somebody else say what I think is great because it's not always easy to do it. Because the first reaction is again like when that woman called me yesterday and told me we had to drive to Westchester to get the other checks because they were bad and we had to write new checks and Jeffy has to go back to the bank you know the first reaction is wow well, why like what is going on but uh, like you said
0: this is like that's like an everyday business deal in Israel what you just described imagine that trying to run a business and dealing with that kind of back and forth it's like it's you're just so wasting hard. yeah but it's yeah. it's really hard but once again if you have the long game what am I trying to achieve right. here? and then it exactly. doesn't then you can actually chill a little bit cuz you, you're already expecting this when you live in Israel you're already expecting all this kinda of stuff that's true that's you're expecting true. your bureaucra- bureaucracy that doesn't make sense you're expecting them to send you back again you're already, you're already almost ready to come back again before they've even told you right. to come back again
2: right. so I when they, they say good. and
0: they look up yeah. they look up at you at the desk and they say you've got everything you need you're like Really? You, you, you don't believe that? You're already like tuned in to the you for sure don't have everything you need, and you're going to have right. to come back. So that's already like a, a, a you know a, for, like part of reality already. And then suddenly they give you a better reality. Yeah, no, you've got everything you need. You've actually finished. You can go home now. Amazing. But oh, like, yes, when that happens, exactly. like here, you're. Whereas when you're coming from where a place where the service level was much higher, like America. U.S. When I've been there, the service level seems to be on a much higher level than a lot of places in the world. Customer services is actually like a high level of training, and you know they, they they have HR on a high level, and everyone's like going through trainings and growth, and and they're aware of all these ideas. So then you, and then you come to a place like, you know, like another country where they're not. It can be very traumatic for people. Like um, I just listened to a podcast. An interesting point that came out. From Nissim Black, he's he's one of my artists I work with, and he's coming on to our show this Sunday, and he's doing a new po- podcast called The Dill, and he had an interesting guest. But one of the points that came out that really moved me was in Israel. Seemingly, this person said, "I'm not saying it's for sure like this, but it seems like this," and all the things I said before as well. It's not always like this, but it seems like this that people don't know how to queue up. I don't know if you remember that, Lauren, when you were here, the queuing system is not so effective. Yeah. Um, it, it, 's it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's a little bit. So now this woman said an interesting point. She said that a lot of the people come from descendants from the Holocaust, and to queue up stand in a line meant the Holocaust Very. meant most traumatic thing they ever experienced. So standing in a line is not something they ever want to do again. And that was so ingrained in the culture. Um I mean I could think of some other reasons as well, but that's what we're we're gonna quote this lady for, you know. And that comfortedness in finally, after all these years of being pushed out of line and you know, and people pushing in, suddenly he was like, wait a minute, like there's something to this it's not coming from a bad place, it's coming from trauma, it's coming from you know, all kinds of historic you know, reasons. It's not just uh, whatever, like horrible people get out of my way, yeah it's it's something very deep and and you don't have to, once again you don't have to take it personally it's nothing personal it's something that needs to be fixed but it's going to be a long story till it's fixed that we can have patience with it you can have patience with the process of of a people that went through such trauma and they're still you know they they're very hard they've been through many many wars so you can have patience with the culture and the people a different way of viewing them rather than coming down on them you know why are you like this and you know it's I'm living here why can't you be more American or more English more polite you know you start to no wait a minute and this this can affect how you live like you can literally be in a better mood once you have this awareness now when you come home after being pushed out the line you're just laughing about it to your wife or to your kids you're not coming home like taking it out on them now and continuing the negativity it's a different life Experience when you have this higher way of thinking and a deeper, more empathetic way of thinking, more soulful way of thinking, and these are just many, many examples. That you're going to have to constantly work out yourself or listen, open your heart and eyes to hear it from other people. Like you, like you said, like you're talking out your thoughts, which is a compliment. I appreciate that because I hold you in a high esteem. But I'd like to hear what Jonathan. What do you say?
1: Um. I agree, Lauren. I think um, you know, Ellie. You kind of reiterated a lot of my journey to get to this place of inner peace, right? And now it's just going to the next level. What pops into my head with my work, and it's funny that you use renting a car because I worked for a rental car company oh, wow. for five years, wow. and and. Wow, would it have been nice to have someone like you walk through my doors, right? Thank you. <laughs> because nobody gets mad at the insurance company. Nobody gets mad at the body shop, right? They get mad at the poor little high school college kid that is trying to just make just a thing, right? <laughs> but my, and we can talk about that for hours. Um, my question is, is I view our souls, our souls clearly as, you know, The higher power, right? Because our souls live on. How do we get our souls aligned with our mission, right? To align with our bodies and our minds? Because that seems to be that disconnect, right? It seems like if we don't know our soul's purpose, we need to find that first. But then once we find that soul purpose, how do we get it to align? With our our actions and our and our thoughts, I get minds So we don't act out in that, you know, anger or frustration like you could have done with your your parents, right? Because it seems like that inner state of being was like, okay, I know this is wrong, this is not what I want, but that's okay.
0: I think I think that that question is is exactly my whole goal of this course. Um, How do we align? into our daily life our soul's mission which i think is what i i, I hope together will get clearer on on how to do that together it's something which is going to be a process by going through all the different stages of the course we're going to get clearer and clearer hopefully by the end of it how to align it's going to be a very much a process based answer it's not going to be chick chat and that's that's one of the things that People nowadays are making a mistake. They want instant answers or instant spirituality or instant everything instant. It's actually not. It's a process, and that is once again that goes together with the patience, with the long-term goals. It's very connected. um, With it has to go be a process. That's like what's happened with the Zula, for example. It's been a process of development we've developed relationships so we can have a pulver edu that slowly is growing, thank God. Rather than forcing it and spending loads of marketing dollars to make it this big thing, but then it's, it misses that healthy process that we're all having here. And that's really good. That's really the right way to develop something because the world's always trying to pressure you. You need to make money, you need to make a, a name, you need to have numbers. There's always this pressure, but that's not. The true, the the spiritual value system, is is like as you said very nicely, Jonathan, is the idea of calm, and inner peace. It it already though you use those words because that's once again the measuring stick is a is a much higher level measuring stick than numbers and money and, six what you know external success. So you're already knowing that uh, inner peace, state of calm, the soul. The the alignment. You even use another word that I haven't used, which is an amazing word, alignment. All these these are very uh, deeper ways of measuring that reality of how successful. And that would be an important important point that we're going to say. The idea of win win is also to understand that you are winning. You are winning. Give yourself some credit. You're doing this course. That's already a success, in my opinion. For me, it's a success because I get to sit and talk this out what I consider world changing points, even if it's on a very small audience, but I'm excited, the ability for it, once it's out there, it's manifesting, and Lauren and Jeff are creating that vessel for it, it is gonna go global because I believe once you've said the words and once you've made it even on a smallest level. So the same with your life, your life. A small little level you're manifesting some of these goals. You're aligning a little bit each day. you you then you've already brought in a very deep experience of infinity into a finite realm. That's the understanding that your soul is infinite and every time the soul impacts this finite reality you have entered a, 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 a realm of success which is infinite. You've entered a realm of impact which is infinite. You've brought down the truth of humanity, the the goal of humanity, the purpose of humanity, and your own mission of being in this world, you've manifested it, even for a moment. And that's the true measuring stick of of the soul is about very small, minute successes. It's a different way of thinking than the world thinks. The world is creating division because everyone's trying to divide up a finite amount, a finite uh, uh, reality. They're not allowing the infinite to enter into the finite and expand their reality much more. They're limiting it. And it's a sad state of affairs when you see people fighting over a piece of cake or or a cake itself. Everyone wants a piece of the pie. Why does it have to be a pie? Who says it's a pie?
1: I'd interrupt you, but that's exactly what is happening in policing. And it's so. That was so profound for me, because it's so finite. And there's a talk by I think it was Simon Sidnick that compares Apple to Microsoft and how finite versus you know infinite works. Um, you know, and how do you bring that infinite mindset? It's I'm connecting to your soul, right? That soul is that infinite mindset. If I and that's what I'm hearing. I don't. I'm, No,
0: I'm so happy you brought up Simon Sinek because he's. uh, I haven't immersed myself in his way of thinking. Anytime I've seen him on a podcast or any place, and especially right now when he's talking about that concept, I'm like, wow, there's something going on over there with him. Like, he's just tapped into something very big for humanity because he has a platform. He's not like me on a very small level platform. But once again, I value my impact on an infinite level much more than a finite level. So I know maybe my efforts of bringing down unity spills over to Simon Sinek how did it come into his head maybe i worked harder for it but he got it you know a lot of science scientific discoveries when were very much easy by some guy but there was hundreds of thousands of scientists years before working on that concept and then this guy was the one who gets his name on it but he didn't do all the hard work leading up to it so in, on a spiritual level we understand that the world by us working on ourselves, we are impacting, and that can take off a lot of pressure and tension in our daily life. That we don't have to see numbers, and we don't have to see monetary success to value our success. And that's the same of how we look at. Imagine you look at your children that way. Your your value your value system is very much about minute improvements, not giant changes. Minute improvement. Your relationship with your wife or your spouse or your other half or your or your business partner, whatever it is. You measure it on very small little improvements. You know, there's a famous, famous, uh, a, it's very deep uh, mystical text from a very deep, deep rabbi, which which is, impacts the rabbi I work for because, like, that's their tradition. And he had a, uh, it's a pasuk in, a, it's a, it's a line from Psalms, La l'kayba odi." It's a very deep, profound three words. I will sing with to my god with my with the OD with a little bit of good I will sing to my soul with a little bit of good that tiny little bit of good has the power to generate life to generate soul to generate energy and it's a tiny little minute spark of infinite godliness that's within every single person and thing that, that if you sing with that you focus on that part of yourself or part of that other person you're dealing with then you will sing. You will have a positive experience. So singing is expansiveness. Is 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 making melody out of disharmony and making harmony. So singing represents a very and it gets rid of that a lot of the negative energy around. So when you're singing with something, you're you're embracing it fully and you're experiencing the moment and you're experiencing that godliness that exists within that infinite. People don't like to use a godliness, but the infinite power that's present in that moment, infinite. Energy that's present in that person. So now you take that little bit of good, and that point of goodness, you emphasise that, and that's how a person can suddenly have an amazing mission statement, an amazing impact in a meeting, and because now you're not thinking about the long whole thing. Maybe the first 20 minutes wasn't that great, the last 20 minutes were there. but there was a moment there, like you said yourself, that you just said something profound. You said it yourself. There's a moment there where there's something that just impacted then it was worth the whole hour just to get to that point. And that's going to be again and again with your relationships, with your business experience, with your policing, whatever it is, there's going to be a moment where you you were a good police officer and you have to get congratulated for that. The world now is all about how policing is complete failure. It's only associated with mistake, darkness and failure, yeah? Nothing good. And that's a complete mistaken way of trying to build something. You can't build something with that mindset. You're just destroying it. And what are you replacing it with nothing? So you have to rather take what exists and build it from within with good focus in on the good parts. I don't want to be political but I'm just trying to explain where the world is getting so divisive is because they've lost certain understanding which have come from a deep place, but everyone once you hear it knows it's true. You know once Simon Sinek puts out a book about bringing the infinite into the finite everyone sounds a bit strange but once you hear it from someone who's such a business success there must be more going on there and that's why I'm curious to learn a bit more what he's saying over it and now that's given me got me excited because I want to go research you know how someone is able to explain that how can I bring infinite into my business life how can I bring the soul into my business life how can I align like you said how can I align my daily life so I would say A very good piece of advice is to start with very small, small moments, small experiences, small goodness, small experiences of goodness, and build off that. Rather than trying the, because it's interesting because you've got to think in a larger way, but when it comes to assessing success, you have to think in a much more um, very point way of of goodness because it, you need the encouragement you need the enthusiasm you need all these positive emotions and the negative emotions are are oh, some people who can work off darker emotions I don't know that personally but there are people out there who do it you know everyone in their own way but I would encourage more positive emotions because if you get too caught up in the darker emotions to build momentum like anger and rage and people work off that it can, God forbid, lead to. I know I do it a little bit with music, and I listen to a lot of rap music. So there's a lot of rage there. Even now, I still listen to that music, but it's kosher. Like it's rap music without the, you know, demoralization. Like take it's it's you know none of the misogyny and all this horrible stuff that goes on in rap music. It's the positive part of rap, but it's still raging a little bit. I do see some benefit, but I have to be careful with that. that I shouldn't take that rage and put it onto other people. It's only for my own inner. Battle, not for anyone else. I'm not battling anyone else. It's, that's my, that rage is just for me. Unless someone wants to harm me or something. But, um, so that, I would like to get to the next point. You brought out a really, really important point. The next point is the hardest point. This is the hardest thing to do. We're going to end off this week's session. We'll end off with this. Listening is the hardest thing to do. I don't know if everyone agrees to really listen. You know, imagine a world where people are really listening to each other. Like just just you know, we're not talking about John Lennon's song, but really imagine a world, try imagine where you have a relationship and they really hear the other person. So now it's a whole different wave level of communication. You no, know, I haven't written down here. Yeah, to really love someone else, you have to love oneself. That's another important point. To be able to listen once again, you have to have done all the previous work that we've been speaking before. Spoken before, excuse me, speaking. Then we making sense. Spoken before, you have to, all that stuff I mentioned. If you haven't done that work, the proactiveness, the working on who you are, your mission statement, getting clear your priorities, and then working on being collaborative and winning with people, you can't really listen to someone else because you, if you don't love yourself, you don't have a clear picture of who yourself is. How can you really have a vessel for somebody else's ideas? Yeah, you have to really be in touch with yourself to be able to then be in touch with someone else. That's why the people who are really good at healing other people emotionally, generally, they're very self-aware and in touch with themselves. I think that's what I've experienced. Okay, another point: One self, You have to realize that yourself is your soul. And we have to, once we've done that, valued ourselves, then we can value others. To understand that the whole world this is a very deep idea, also from the sages, the whole world is created for me. Not everyone believes that, but I believe that. The whole world, Bishwilli Olam, the whole world was created for me. And, and uh, you have to balance that out with some humility, but it's it's important gives you a certain push to realise that I'm important here. I'm not a nothing. I'm not gonna kill myself because something didn't work out. I'm valued. I have some importance here. The world is affected by what I do. The whole world was created for me. The whole world was created for me. And we have to know our triggers, our personal boundaries, so you can turn up to our loved ones recharged somewhat. So I'm going to go into these this next point in the next course because there's a lot on this one and it's a hard one. But as you can see, before you even get to listening to the other person, it's a lot of self work first. To be able to love someone else, you have to have energy for that other person. You have to be in an emotionally available state, and that takes a lot of work from before to get to that next state. It takes a lot of self-work, and that's why listening is something which people. There are people who can listen, but then there are people who can really listen because it really to understand what the other person wants. When you ask me your question to really understand your question, that would be a talent. I don't know if I have it fully, but uh, it's—I know it's something attainable. I have people in my life who are listeners, and they have a profound effect on me, even if my contact with them is minimal. When I see them, they're such good listeners that I don't need to talk that much with them because they just go straight to what I'm needing right now, because they're so in touch. You know, it's a famous rabbi story. I'm sorry I'm being so Jewish today, but I can't help it. Just, it's just helping the, 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 the ideas. I generally try to be more universal, but there's a famous rabbi story that every time he had a visitor, he, he literally put the other person's clothing on him. So he was as if he was dressed up as them each visit. So by the end of the day, after visit, having about 30, 40 visitors, he was covered in sweat and completely exhausted. And so the the person helping him, that's one of the things I do, I help such a rabbi, said to him, you know, know, why why is the rabbi so, you know, it wasn't hot, I made sure the room temperature was fine and, you know, I gave drink the whole time, is there something I'm doing wrong? Why is the rabbi so covered in sweat and so exhausted? You know, this is a normal day someone. He said, "If you just change your clothing 30, 40 times for all those 30, 40 people that just walked in, you'd also be covered in sweat." Yeah, because the effort of going out of yourself and really becoming that other person for that meeting is so intense and takes such a level of selflessness that most normal people don't even bother. Yeah, um, but there are special people who do. Um, so why not? Like I'm saying, so you don't need to be with them long. Those kind of people, because they just, they're just like, so tuned in to who you're, the soul level. Like I can walk in front of these people and they know my soul on And it's not, it's not even something I can speak about so much, but it's just as an experiential way. Like if you come to Israel, come with me and meet one or two of these people, you'll see that there's a different soul experience and. They're, they're experiencing souls rather than just agendas or people, and it's very inspiring to know that they're still people alive in this world with all of technology and with all of the agendas of so many different forces out there to try and get you be completely involved in their agenda. That there's still individuals who haven't given into that and are lights of of soul and inspiration and are able to be selfless on a true level. It does exist human people you can actually trust that actually have a soul that manifests goodness almost all the time I don't say they they're completely perfect but as good as it gets they're there and it's amazing that there are human beings alive even in our time that are soulful and inspirational and it it, it gives a lot of comfort to your soul and it gives a lot of belief in your soul and that's one of the reasons why it's important to be around those kind of people Uh, the the people you're connected to you should have some people in your life who give fuel to that kind of way of being that will make a big impact that could be the person you're married to or you're in a relationship with hopefully which I feel like I have or I'm very blessed in that way or it could be even a guide that you have to go to and like I said, it doesn't have to be long, it doesn't have to be like a guru, you have to sit there for six months and sign over your life to him. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people that don't want nothing. You just they just there's a genuine relationship. And uh, that can empower the soul level. But what this is all about is coming back to the listening aspect, that in order to really listen it does take a little bit of soulness and a lot of inner work, a lot of inner work. And it takes an awareness of this. So I think we should end off with that. We'll have to get it more practical, right? Because it was very deep what I just said, and it and it is something very spiritual. But we will bring it down, please God, next in another two weeks from now into a much more practical way of understanding how to listen. And it's something which I need to work on very much. Probably the hardest thing for me. So if you guys have any insight, I'm all ears. But I think we'll get into it next time in two weeks. Um, well, on the practical levels, because what I just said, I don't know if it needs to be discussed. It's just something that is, you know, some things just are, you know. And it's comforting. It's comforting. It's comforting. All these things are very comforting. We'll just go over very in two two seconds. Comforting. Uh, two. Well, one minute. It's comforting that we have a soul level that. I'm not disconnected from anyone I'm never isolated i'm always one with my family, my friends, my loved ones It's comforting that um, I don't have to be reactive I can be proactive it's comforting that I have a purpose that the world was created for me I have my time matters It's comforting that there's good things to focus on in my life It's comforting that with those kind of toolkit I can empower others in my life It's comforting and it's impactful and it, it will undo a lot of divisiveness in our own life and once again if we believe the whole world is created for us, it will impact the whole world because we don't value in in finite terms, we value in infinite terms. I think that would be a summarization here. Okay. Great. Anything anyone wants to end off with? Hey, amazing, thank you.
1: Speechless recording stopped. Oh, can't so hear you. If I may, I didn't want to say this on the recording. Um, you just gave me my TED talk.